We are midway through January, and if you're like me, you might have lost a little of that initial energy you had for those 2019 goals. But let's get back on track today on Cocktails and Containers when I talk to Mary Cornetta of Sort and Sweet in Long Island, New York. Welcome to Cocktails and Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host, who needs a little wine to go with her kids' wine, Christy Lingo. Hello, and welcome back to Cocktails and Containers. I'm your host, Christy Lingo. I am a professional organizer in Columbus, Ohio, a mom to two boys, and a mom organizing expert. Today, we have our third installment of my January goal setting series, and I am looking to help you take action on all of those things that you want to accomplish in 2019. Before we get to my interview with today's guest, I want to say thank you to everyone everyone who has been listening to the podcast so far this year. These episodes have been by far the most popular that I have made so far. And we've had listeners from Mexico and Denmark and Germany, Australia, South Africa. And that's super exciting to me that people are tuning in and are excited about what we have to say about getting organized and simplifying your life and really hitting those goals hard for 2019. So if you're listening today, please be sure to leave a comment so I know where you're listening from or if you have a question so that I can tailor a future episode to any struggles that you might be having in looking at organizing and simplifying your life. If you want to leave a comment or listen to a past episode, maybe get a cocktail recipe or ask me any questions, you can do that by visiting the show notes, which are at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. I get a message every time you leave a comment here, and I really want to use this podcast to help you. So be sure to stop by and leave me a comment and tell me how I can help. I really loved this episode with Mary today because she really looks at things a little bit differently than I do when it comes to goal setting. And one of the things I've really loved about this whole series is that everybody kind of brings their own flavor to the table when it comes to goal setting, even though they're all professional organizers. So rather than me just keep talking about her, let's go ahead and jump into that interview with Mary Cornetta of Sort and Sweet. Mary Cornetta of Sort and Sweet, thank you so much for joining me on Cocktails and Containers today. Uh, how are you doing? How's your new year? I am so good, Christy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. New year is good. It's busy already, so I can't complain. Yeah, you know, today is actually my first day back to work. I'm excited that this is a way that I can, you know, sort of get the ball rolling by talking to you, who I adore, and I'm having a couple cocktails, so. <laughs> we are. And uh, speaking of cocktails, Mary suggested that we do a red wine mule. And so this recipe is coming to us today, courtesy of delish.com. And Mary, I have to say you've done something that a lot of people can't do. And that is make me a little intimidated by a drink because... At wow. 41, when you see wine and vodka in the same drink, you just think it's going to be a hangover the next morning. 
Well, hopefully it won't be, but they are delicious. <laughs> they uh, they sound they sound really good. So what we are doing today, and this is gonna t this recipe is gonna make two. So obviously, if you just want to make one, which I'm not sure why you'd only want one, you could always put this in half. But we're gonna start out with eight ounces of red wine. I personally went to my local wine guy at Trader Joe's and had him suggest something, and he suggested a sweet red. He also said a Merlot or a Pinot Noir would work really well in this. Do you know what kind of red you used, Mary? The bottle that I opened. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> a red but wine. I, I am jealous that you have wine in Trader Joe's because in New York, they don't have that. That's right. I forgot that. Yeah. We, and not only do we have wine here in Trader Joe's, but my, my husband was the wine guy for about two and a half years. So I was trying new wines all the time when he was in charge of the wine here. So uh, that was super fun. So we've got eight ounces of red wine. We've got two ounces of vodka and the juice of one lime. So you're going to mix all of that together into a container, pour it over a cupful of ice in your fun little uh, mule cup, or if you don't have the copper mule cups, whatever cup you have, and then top all of that off with some ginger beer and then a little lime round uh, for a garnish. So, all right, Mary, I have not, it's been sitting here. I can smell oh. it. I have not actually <laughs> tried it yet. So before I try it though, I want to give you a toast that I do here at Cocktails and Containers. And that is to say, may all of your things be tidy and may all of your cocktails be strong. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Pretty good, right? It is pretty good. I am very surprised because <laughs> I definitely was a little worried with the wine and the vodka together. But no, actually the ginger beer really just lightens everything. And the, and the bubbles really just kind of lighten everything up in there. And the it lime. Really that was the other thing. The lime and the red wine together when I was squeezing it and making it, I was like, I don't know <laughs> about this. But no, it's actually really good when it's all in the it's same cup. Similar to sangria a little bit. That's exactly what it's like. Oh yeah, that's a perfect comparison. All right, so red wine mules suggested by our guest today, Mary Cornetta. And of course you can get this recipe and all the recipes that we have for the cocktails on Cocktails and Containers in the show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. And you'll also be able to get all of the info about our guest today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and learn a little bit more about Mary. So tell me a little bit how you got into professional organizing. Absolutely. So I've always known I wanted to be an organizer, even before I knew being an organizer was a thing. <laughs> and I had graduated college like most kids having no clue what they actually want to do with their life. And I went to a NEPO informational meeting. And at 22 years old, I sat in the back of the room in this building in Manhattan. And I was the youngest in the room by far. So this is now going back 11, almost 12 years. Organizing wasn't really as popular of, a, of an industry as it is now. So I just felt like it wasn't the right timing for me. I waited about a decade and then I finally decided the whole time I was going ahead and organizing for friends, for family. I was working for other organizers and I finally said, it's time. I'm going to start my own business. So at 32, I ripped off the bandaid and I started Sort and Sweet. That's awesome. I was the same age when I started my business. I didn't realize that that's how old you were now. Yeah. So I think that's great. And you also, I think because we were talking a little bit, Mary has an awesome YouTube channel, which she will tell us about. And they also just did a, a relaunch of her Tidy Tip Tuesdays. Is that correct? 
Heidi Tuesday tips, but I'll Heidi take Tuesday tips. Okay, yes, <laughs> but that you actually had a background like in video before you yes, started. That's actually, what I majored in in college was TV and film production. So yeah, yeah, what I was doing. So I think that that's fun that you sort of at that that age at thirty two. I can't even imagine at thirty two here in Ohio at the Napo meeting. Which for those of you who don't know, Napo is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. It used to be called the National Association of Professionals organizers. And uh, it's basically a group of, of people who are in the organizing industry that meet on a regular basis. And uh, when I went, I was also 32 when I started my business and I was by far the youngest person in the room. But what I think is so interesting after being in the industry for about 10 years is I'm definitely seeing a shift in people like you who sort of have an interest from the get-go in being an organizer versus a lot of the industry when I first started out were either women who were going back to work after they had had kids and stayed home with their kids for a while and this was a great use of the skills that they had developed while being at home with their kids or women that had been in the workforce for a long time and wanted to work for themselves and I think it must say that like as women we must naturally have some of those genes in our brains to be able to sort of create structure and routine and things like that so I think it's awesome that you at 22 were kind of interested in this because at 22, I was not interested in a career by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) So um, Mary is here as the third guest in our goal setting podcast for the month of January. And so the first thing I want to know, Mary, and especially as someone who fairly recently started your business, correct? In 2017. So actually going on year three. Yeah. Okay. So how do you know that it's time to make a change in your life or to set some sort of goal that you want to achieve? So for me personally, when I decided to embark on being my own boss and starting this business, I, the, the pain of being in a situation that I was in, you know, the nine to five kind of not really feeling much of a purpose in my current career at the time, Um, It was so painful that I knew I had to make a change. I was so miserable doing that commute every day and not doing what I love and living paycheck to paycheck that I finally said enough. Like the fear of going into being an entrepreneur and starting my business and and having that goal was not, it, it started to outweigh it, if that makes any sense. So I think for any type of goal, let's say you want to declutter the house and it's actually becoming painful to live, whether it's physically or emotionally, to live in a house that is so filled with clutter, that's when you realize, okay, I need to set a goal and I need to go ahead and make a change. So whatever the situation that you're in that you want to set the goal for, I think that's when you know, is when you kind of feel it in in you viscerally that it's time for a change. Yeah, it sort of starts deep within you that you're like, that you feel really passionate about making that change for the better. And I think, you know, so for me, when I started my business, the reason I started it and wanted to work for myself was because we had talked about having kids and I wanted to be able to be flexible. And so I think that anything that sort of emotionally compels you to make a change is sort of a catalyst for goal setting. And, you know, we, we call it goal setting, but really just anything that you want to achieve. I know some people don't like resolution or they don't like the word goal or anything like that, but like really listen to your emotions. Like you're saying, you know, is it making you sad? Is it making you angry? Uh, you know, 
you, a lot of people like to lose weight or think about getting healthier in the new year, you know, like think about how you feel when you have to tug at your clothes when you put them on. Use those emotions exactly. to be the fire behind the change that you have. So exactly. Um, so this fire that you had in you, this this desire to make a change. What is then the first step after you kind of start to feel that in your belly that you want to change? What's that first step that you make when you decide that you have this goal you want to achieve? So I'm actually going to maybe sound a little hypocritical here, but I like to. <laughs> My clients look at me because I use the same I use the same method when I'm working with my my organizing clients. I I say we're gonna look at the big picture. We're gonna look at the end goal. So for me, it was to start a business, and then what I do is I see what the big picture goal is and the end result, and then I backpedal, and then I break it down into small steps. So same thing again. If you have a lot of clutter and let's say your house top to bottom. You're like, okay, all right, I'm going to set a goal to declutter this whole house. You don't want to think about the whole house the entire time because it's going to be overwhelming. So you want to think about this corner or this drawer or this closet. And, but with the whole time having the big picture end results in mind, what do you want your house to look like at the end of all of this, of all of your hard work? So, but breaking it down into the small baby steps with always keeping the big picture in mind. I love reverse engineering a project like that. Like working backwards, I find, especially when it's super huge things, uh, like you said, like decluttering a house, you know, if you just write, yeah, if you just write decluttering the house on your list of goals, you are going to feel so overwhelmed. But if you say, all right, I'm going to break it down by room and then I'm going to break each room down by, you know, this is the closet and the dresser and the wardrobe and under the bed. And then you mark off each of those projects and then you can mark off that room as being done. It's going to be, you're going to be so much more successful because you're going to have manageable chunks that you can get into. So exactly. I think that's the key word is manageable. And even you talked about before getting healthy and losing weight, same thing. Let's say you, your goal is to lose 50 pounds. If you set out saying, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, that is an impossible task to kind of work with upfront. So you break it down to, okay, this week we're going to focus on this week or two, we're going to focus on five pounds and we're going to work, focus on the next five or 10 pounds. And you break it down into, like you said, manageable chunks. And I think too, that if, you start to feel successful with your with how you're progressing, you're going to start to notice that you're progressing faster and faster. So yeah, it's exactly like that. It's a snowball effect. Like you said, you start to pick up and progress a little bit faster because you gain motivation and it just starts to inspire you to, to do a little bit more tomorrow, a little bit more the next day. I love that. And I love the fact that you brought up motivation because that is the next question that I have for you, which is, you know, invariably, I feel like even as organizers or anybody out there that's really goal-driven, you're going to hit a patch where it's not going to feel like you have as much energy as you do at the beginning. You know, January, we're always all gung-ho to get organized or get healthy or, you know, read books or whatever. But then, you know, by March or April, we've started to to wane a little bit. So how do you personally personally stay motivated when you start to lose energy for a project or you feel like there's something that you can't finish? Personally, I always think about my why and I always say, tell everyone to do that as well. Like, why are you looking to get organized? Why are you looking to start a business? Why are you looking to lose weight? Think about that really. You talked about the emotional aspect, like the thing that drives you towards the goal. Go back to that. Think about what it was that really made you want 
to set up, embark on this journey and, and make this positive change in your life. And if you always remind yourself of that constantly, I think that helps. And in addition, I think it also helps to be kind to yourself too and realize you're going to have days that some days your body just doesn't want to do it. Or your mind is just, I'm done. I'm just going to shut down. Um, so you have to not beat yourself up. You know, if you skip a workout or the dishes sit in the sink overnight, you know, don't let that one day, that one day where you feel like just you don't have it, don't let that sort of derail your whole goal just because of one day. Be kind to yourself. It's true because failure can be completely crippling for people. And I think that, you know, learning to sort of pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start again tomorrow is something that takes a little bit of practice. And so, you know, like you said, if you miss one day, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Go back to that reason why. Um, this is like the first year I've ever had. I have a journal. I keep calling it a journal. Well, it's kind of a journal slash planner, but it's a goal planner and it's got a place for a month vision board every month. And it's like the first time I've ever kind of made one. I kind of started like looking for pictures to put in there. And I think, you know, when you talk about your why, that's sort of a, a visual representation of of what your why is. You know, if you want to get your toy room organized, find an organized toy room on Pinterest that you like and print that picture out and put it on the fridge or a picture of yourself at uh, when you thought that you looked beautiful and put that out so that you see yourself every day and it kind of motivates you to do those things. I think to having a, like a motto or some sort of mantra, I know it's a little woo woo, but they do work. And I know a lot of people that will actually put that on as the background of their phone. So every time you look at your phone, which you know we all do, all <laughs> the times a day, that's what you see. Exactly oh, I love, I love that idea of making it the background of your phone because then it's just that constant reinforcement in your brain of the reason why you want to make this change in your life. Oh, genius. I love that. So again, seeing it on a regular basis is sort of a form of accountability. And that is one thing, at least for myself, that I have found that accountability is so, so key when you set a goal or have something that you want to finish or achieve. So how do you personally stay accountable or who do you have as your accountability when you embark on different projects? So for me, I have found that the best people to hold myself accountable to are other female entrepreneurs because they really kind of understand what it is I'm going through and they know that, you know, sometimes it's hard to run a business, not sometimes, all of the time. <laughs> and, and they really help, you know, me to get through those tough times. And I say to a lot of, you know, my clients to my, my sort and see clients and it's that, you know, the people that are closest to you, they love you and they want to keep you safe. So when they see that you're going to do something different, they sometimes will poo-poo it. Oh yeah. They're just, it's, it's different. It's not, you know, what you're used to and not what they're used to. And, you know, sometimes it's better to hold yourself accountable with a group of people that are going through what you are going through as well. I think that that is really true. And it usually comes from a place of love. It's not like somebody that you're close to, a friend or a family member, wants to see you fail or that they're jealous of you necessarily or anything like that. It's just a matter of that, like, 
if, if it's something that they're afraid of, then they're sort of projecting their fears onto you. So finding people that either have been there, done that, and can sort of help you along the way and support you, or that are sort of in the same boat as you that can kind of like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing going on is a really great way to have support and accountability, you know, when you're starting a business or, you know, it's why things like Weight Watchers or AA work really well because you've got people with a common bond working together towards similar goals. And even though the goal is personal, you're, you're going through this journey together. So I think that that is a, is a really great tip, you know, to kind of search out people that are looking to meet the same goals as you, but in their own lives, it's not sort of a collective goal together but they just you just need that support of somebody saying like I hear you I see what you're going through I empathize with you and I'm here for you if you need me so I really I really love that idea of accountability and that's actually a, a vein that nobody has brought up yet is that idea of finding like-minded individuals so I love that's one of the things I'm loving about these podcasts is that so far they've all been completely different. Like everybody kind of has a different angle that they come at. And even though we're all professional organizers, we all kind of have a different way of, of looking at and approaching goals. And I, and I love that for the people that are out there that they, you know, might look at, you know, they might read an organizing book or, you know, the, the tidying up show that's on Netflix right now that everybody's watching and they may try that and they may say, this isn't working for me. So I just am never going to get organized. Or, you know, I tried Weight Watchers and it's it's not working for me, so I'm never going to get healthy. You know, there there's a lot of different methods out there. There's a lot of different ways you can meet your goals. And I want to provide an inspiration that if this doesn't work for you, then, you know, maybe somebody else's ideas will work for you. So exactly. I, I love that that's a, that's a little bit different take on accountability than we've heard yet. So when you go to set goals, it, are you one of those people that has like 50 million irons in the fire at one time? Or do you sort of hone in and focus on one or two things at a time and get those done or make those habits before you move on? I used to be one of those people with a million irons in the fire. And then I realized that I was getting burned out real fast. <laughs> so I've learned to try to figure out what is a priority and what isn't. So even with my sort and sweet clients, I, you know, if they want the whole house organized, I'll come in and I'll say, when I do a consultation, I'll say, what is your number one priority? What room in this house or what space in this house gives you the most amount of pain to walk into? Let's focus on that first. And then we'll start to branch off to other things. You know, for me personally, I want to do a podcast. I want to, you know, I started writing a book. I have all these things going on. And I realized, I said, you know what? There's more things that I can do right now that'll A, boost my business and B, bring people more value more quickly. So I started doing like the YouTube, like you mentioned, I have my tidy Tuesday tips every Tuesday now on YouTube. So I focused on that. I am expanding and I took on a business partner and I took on a team. So now that's my main focus, the book and the podcast that will happen. That had to kind of go to the back burner to keep the puns going. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get to them. Um, but yeah, you have to you sort of like look at your, at the big picture again, and then break it down into the small steps and say, you know what, what, what's going to A, make me happiest right now, B, that's going to help me get closer to my goals, my short-term goals. Let's work on that right now. The bigger term things, those can happen down the line. 
Well, and it's so easy to sort of get drawn into those fun, sexy things like starting a podcast and, you know, doing a, you know, as somebody who just kind of went through that exact process that you mentioned, I had, had mentioned two podcasts ago that my accountability was I hired a business coach last year in 2018. And I basically spent the whole year just throwing like boxes and boxes of spaghetti against the wall to see what stuck. <laughs> and I burned myself out. But what I did, what it did help me do is really hone in on the things that I want to be my focus for 2019. So I don't recommend that process for people because, you know, I felt like my personal well-being, my mental health was not as good because of that. My physical health was not as good because I was not sleeping enough and I was not eating right and I wasn't exercising. And, you know, I let a lot of those things fall by the wayside sometimes, but it, but a lot of it was like fun and sexy, but it wasn't really helping me achieve the goal that I wanted to get to. So I love that idea of prioritizing the things that are really going to give you the return on investment for your time because the podcast will still be there late, later. You know, people will still be reading books later. And if you can kind of get this thing that you're working on right now set and up and running and moving forward, then, then okay, reevaluate six months from now or reevaluate a year from now. Putting it on pause doesn't mean saying no. It just means no right now. Right. The so. ROI is important too. Like you mentioned, it's, you have to see what's actually going to be worth your time. You know, whether it's actually making your investment back in your business um, or in your career, or if it's, you know, you're talking about losing weight again, you know, if you are working out, but you're, you know, you're focusing so much on spending time at the gym, but not doing, you can spend hours at the gym and not actually be effective. So yeah, definitely looking at what's going to give you the results that you need and that you you want. That's what's important. Well, and I think too, you know, it, to your example, spend two hours a night at the gym, but you spend zero time evaluating your diet and meal planning and grocery shopping and looking at your food. And so all this time that you're spending at the gym is being undone by your McDonald's runs on the way home from the gym because you don't have any food at your house. So yeah, looking to see where you can you know, spend your time most effectively in order to sort of reach those goals that you want. And then once those things become habit, you know, moving on to that next thing that you want to do. So um, you've already mentioned some things that you're kind of working on right now, taking on a team, you added a business partner, or you want to write a book, get a podcast. What goals do you have on tap for 2019? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the podcast is a big one. Um, obviously, I will have you as a guest. And uh, yeah, the, um, the book is, is something that has been sort of like a passion project. I've started it. I kind of keep picking it up, putting it back down. And um, I am going to be little by little still continuing to work on it. It's going to be um, a book on organization, but something that's a little bit different from what's out there right now. And it's going to include interviews with people in all sorts of industries, not just professional organizers. So it's going to be be a little bit different. So keep your eyes out for that. Actually, if you want to uh, go into my Facebook uh, page, I have a page called Organized Overall. That is actually going to be where I'm going to first announce when it's ready to go and ready to read. Awesome. Okay. So you can obviously find Mary on her Facebook page or her Facebook group, Organized Overall. Where else can people find you if they want to connect with you via social media or on your website? 
We're probably the most active on Instagram. So it's just at sort and sweet. The A and D is spelled out. And YouTube, we have, like you mentioned already, the Tidy Tuesday tips. Every Tuesday, we give a really quick tip on how to get any of the annoying spaces in your house organized. So the videos are like one to two minutes long, super short. Uh, we just relaunched it on New Year's Day. So definitely check that out. That's on the Sort and Sweet YouTube channel. Awesome. And of course, I will have links to all the ways that you can find Mary in the show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. Mary Cornetta of Sort and Sweet, thank you so much for joining me on Cocktails and Containers today and happy 2019. Thank you. Happy 2019. Cheers. Cheers. All righty. Let's do a quick recap of Mary's tips for goal setting. Mary says she knows that it's time to make a change or set a goal when there's a pain in her current situation that starts to outweigh the fear of trying something new or putting effort into making a change in her life. The first step that she takes towards achieving that goal is to start with her big picture. From there, she reverse engineers or works backwards from that goal, breaking it down into smaller, more manageable pieces so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. And she also celebrates the success of finishing those smaller tasks in order to inspire her to continue to do more to work towards that bigger goal. When Mary starts to feel unmotivated, she revisits her why to remind herself the reason she wanted to make this change in the first place. She also suggests putting your goal or your mantra as the background of your phone so that you can see it and remind yourself of it every time you open up your phone, which if you're like me is, um, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred times a day. Mary finds that surrounding herself with like-minded people with similar goals can help her stay accountable because they are in the same trenches that she is and they understand the struggles that she's going through. And finding a group like this is especially important if you feel like you aren't getting the support you need from your close friends or family when you want to make this change. When it comes to the number of goals Mary tries to tackle at one time, she once again visits that big picture goal and then prioritizes the tasks that are most important or will bring the most value to her life first, but keeps those other ideas simmering on the back burner. And she looks for the things that are going to give her the most return on investment to tackle first. Remember, you can find links to Mary's website, YouTube channel, and social media and that red wine mule recipe in our show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's goal setting finale when I talk with the one and only Bridget Stralko, aka Instagram's Unclutter It, all about her goal setting tips. Until then, take care and happy organizing.